Hi, I'm the Dark One's sugar baby, Shadar Haran, Dalen. Hi, I came out of the third Twisted Stone doorway, Gus. Hi, I am the Lord of Chaos from the Lord of Chaos. I'm Ali. <laughs> and I am obviously your overexcited sentient cave teeth, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, welcome to God damn. And welcome to Loyal's Book Club, a podcast dedicated to dissecting and discussing Robert Jordan's epic fantasy series, fantasy series The Wheel of Time, season four, new season, who dis, new book, and what better way to kick off the season? We have Gus and Ali. Welcome. Hello. Hello. We're so excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Very excited to have you on. We like to, whenever we have guests on, just kind of have them tell uh, the audience a little bit about themselves, how you guys got into Wheel of Time, where you are in the books right now, because you are also a first-time reader podcast. Indeed, we are. Nose goes. You Uh, have to Well, there you go. I feel like when you proclaim nose goes as you touch your nose, it kind of takes away from the integrity, but that's um, okay. No, because the integrity is you should have nose goes first. Sure. Nose goes. So, uh, yeah, uh, real time books. I, I like them. We, we, I, I assume we all like them here. <laughs> <laughs> They're all right. Um, uh, so we're, we're a first time reader podcast, as Dalen said. Uh, we started up in september of 2019 i believe and then we kind of like hemmed and hawed our way around until covid and then we just committed really hard to it uh and now we're on book six Uh, we kind of skipped book one because ali wanted to read ali Ali is the first time reader i've read all the stuff um you're killing it She, she, uh, she wanted to read all by the world before committing to the podcast because she did not want to be yoked to a book series she did not enjoy for five years, yeah. which I can respect in a lot of ways. <laughs> I wanted to be sure. We're also married. That's true. And we're at a stage at, where it's early enough days that we feel like we need to tell we everyone. We just talk about it all the time. It's that's, very much that's like the you people didn't want to be are. married to the book series. You just kind of wanted to date it first. Make yeah. Sure it was yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I dated him for eight years before I tied that down. So, so I'm, years, a, I'm a waiter. One wheel of time book, <laughs> yeah. comparable, in my opinion. About the same. But yeah, we, we are, um, I, I believe the podcast is up to chapter 20 of Lord of Chaos. And Ali has read up to about chapter 25. Yeah, so, so we are mm-hmm. we're trailing you guys only. only we're just very close barely. Yeah, we're, we're on your You're probably oh. Yeah, because I'm speed up. How other podcasts I... do their formats and stuff. Do you guys do it like chapter at a time? Do you bunch it up? What? what how do you guys? Uh... Usually, usually oh. it's two chapters. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes we speed up. Yeah. Sometimes if there's just not a ton happening, not out of disrespect, but just there's not a ton to yeah. cover. Sometimes we don't have a lot to talk about, and it's either like we could twiddle our thumbs for thirty minutes, or. We could do six chapters. Yeah. So we'll do six chapters. Um, we also do uh, cover the TV show yes. as, uh, as well. Because we, we work in entertainment. We both work in entertainment. So. I'm a creative executive in scripted development, and Gus is an actor and a director, and I'm also a writer. And so we tackle the TV series from the screenwriting perspective and talk about that stuff and all the behind-the-scenes goodies that you don't know about oh, the entertainment yeah. industry. 
Um, and we're very irreverent. That's also something to know. Which yeah, I understand yeah. we have in common. Yeah. Also, they have a little you know, um, a tournament going on this oh, week. Uh, <laughs> yes, we Cup. do. Yeah, so yeah. The, the Grimwell Cup is your baby. Abby, it's so my I'll, favorite I'll thing. You, uh... um, I'm the thirstiest podcaster in the land. I've just decided that that's true. And so, and my favorite character in the series is Elsie Grinwell because she's unapologetically <laughs> thirsty. So we created the Grinwell Cup, which in which people get to vote on who the hottest character in the Wheel of Time is. Um, and it is a March Madness style bracket. Uh, so obviously this, this episode will come yes. out a little bit after the fact, but uh, as we're recording right now, is is there a leadership board? Or is, is, who's... Right now we're so, still in early rounds, yeah, It's actually. a bracket, you know? But... Yeah, we will be doing this for all of March. We also do YouTube videos of uh, kind of covering what happened during the week in terms of the bracket with uh, some podcaster mm-hmm. friends. Uh, some shockers from last year were uh, Aludra beating Matt. Matt in round one. That was shocking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Shocking stuff. Um, the other one was uh, the most contentious of the season was the Nynaeve Min face-off that became rather heated. I just last year. Eric, um, <laughs> round two heated. in which Gaul, our favorite Aiel, has just won. I always said, mm-hmm. when Eric and I came to the conclusion about Gaul is he is all three boys in one person. He has the looks of Rand, mm-hmm. the build of Perrin, and the charm and humor of Matt. But I don't think... He's basically <laughs> Gus. No, <Stop> just... <laughs> no but truly. Uh, no, Gaul to me is a huge thirst trap, but that's yeah. true of almost every character. But... I mean, the man can jump very high, and that says yes, something yes, to yes. me. Yes, he, lo- he loves to do the jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He loves to just... Um, I remember oh. watching episode three of Wheel of Time and the dead Aiel in the cage, and I went, you better not. You better not. Better not be fucked. Mm-hmm. He's got a stone dog in his pocket. Mm-hmm. I was I was screaming internally I was and externally. There was a lot One of concern. Gay on gay crime. This is not your dog. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. He did confirm on Reddit that's not golf. And then, like in God. his house, like a little red laser. So... The like purists went back up because they let a woman speak for five seconds. Oh, I know. Uh, How dare illegal. they? We should just be quiet, us women. I here's my take. I hate women. <laughs> Are you my Dave? Are you my Dave? Are you a woman written by Robert Jordan? Am I a woman? <laughs> I'm generalizing. That's a joke. Don't get angry. Send your hate mail to Gus at gmail.com. Yes. As a matter of fact, for, for anything like that I say for this episode, can we just send all of that to you as well? So that way it just, it just doesn't come to us at all. Like this could be perfect. Do it. Perfect. Gus at Gus dot Gus. It'll go somewhere, or it'll bounce back. Prologue that I have ever read in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? Predictions on our show a little bit. You know, some of them are, are wild. Some of them I think I've got right on the money. Yeah. Uh, this one I felt like. I could feel Robert George just going like, oh, fuck, yeah, we're going to do this for every book, and they're going to get longer. They're going to get more oh, yeah. complex. They're, we're writing, baby. Crossroads of yes. Twilight, 100 pages. Woo. Yep. 
I like to think that Harriet's like, I haven't seen a chapter from you in a while. And Robert Jordan just handed her a novella and she just looked at him and was like, Jim, what the fuck? <laughs> Canonically in my head, that's how that happened. I like to imagine their conversations yeah. as a married couple uh, working in a, in a creative field as we are a couple working in a creative field. And the um, the sass. I, I, just I imagine like it's to support and WTFs. Yeah, <laughs> she's getting uh-huh. spanked yeah. again. Jim, all of her. <laughs> Jim, Jim, do we need to have a chat? <laughs> Jim, I'm sensing. Um, a Gus and I here. talked about <laughs> the opening rhyme in the beginning, and um, I just want to read it out to y'all, mm. and then I want to. I want to pull my little AP English. I got a three in AP English. Um, I, I, I dropped out of AP to CP in my senior year, so I never even took the test. God bless you, man. Uh, so the opening <laughs> is, the lions sing and the hills take flight, the moon by day and the sun by night. Blind woman, deaf man, jackdaw fool, let the lord of chaos rule. Chant from a children's game heard in great Arvalon. The fourth age. So, the first thing, like, sometimes I feel, like, very, like, smart. Like, Mensa, call me up. And then, like, someone who's, like, wiping the Cheeto dust off their hands after reading the series for the eighth time goes, (laughs) The Great Arvalon is Tarvalon. And the fourth age is, so, what we are getting, this is our first future sort of prophecy um everything else has been from after the breaking or something else and so i was like thinking about it and like oh like so beginning it with uh the lions sing and the hills take flight the first thing i thought of andor their crest the lion Mm -hmm. and we're starting to yeah. see the contention for the throne in Andor. We're starting to see the after effects of Ravine and Morghese when she's talking to the king. And then the hills take flight, the Aiel. They seem to blend in very well. Uh, the moon by day and the sun by night is just obviously shit's going down, global warming and moraine terrain. And then... Blind woman, deaf man, jacked off fool, let the Lord of Chaos rule. I almost, blind woman, the Aes Sedai, how really we're starting to see, like, oh, we survived a coup at the White Tower, but let's not change anything about our behavior. (laughs) Deaf man, I'm not quite sure who... Maybe that could even be Jackdaw. I it's a bird. I felt very proud of that about knowing that. But they're also an omen mm-hmm. of death. They're an omen of things to come. And I think Gus, you mentioned a little interesting fact about jackdaws. Mm, yes, as and I got this from Allie, who was googling jackdaw. While while we I do openly develop, I openly Google during the podcast. It's a tiny corvid, and a corvid is the same family of birds as ravens and crows yeah. fall under. So 
I mean, Ali, you latched onto that as as possibly being in reference to Matt. I latched onto that real hard. There there are a couple instances that we hear about Ravens in yeah. relation to Matt. Um, they're on the, as I like to call it, the Shonda Rhimes, um, or the uh, as a Shonda Rye, I believe is what it's actually called. Yes. Um, so there's a couple of them on there um, that I think we ended up deciding could be related to odin yeah. and his two ravens thought and memory yeah because the, right? the, the uh inscription says thought uh thought is the arrow of time memory never fades yeah and thank god i watched vikings at one point because i knew that um and that and also loki uh but then they're also used in relation i believe to the sean chan yeah um yeah the right. seeker of the truth that um, Egyanen Queen met in uh, had a tattoo <laughs> on his, I believe, like shoulder or back of a raven, and that's the symbol for. But again, we've gotten so little of Shan Chan, like the little nuggets that we get, mm-hmm. the little amuse bouche of uh, Shan Chan. I'm kind of like, thank you, that plan. That's a great way to put that. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's, I love well, that. Not I mean, even an appetite. Unless my theory about the Sean... I mean, I think the Sean Chan might be popping off. They've been quiet for a little bit. They've been quiet for a hot sec. I, there's no spoiler in that, but I think they've been too quiet. Saladar is right there, just hanging out, um, being themselves. Just a bunch of magic women out in the open. I just, I don't know. That's just my thing. Is I'm like this. This could turn Your crappy real a very fast. And interesting if, theory if, with yeah. Sean Chan and Matt. Oh, do tell because I have one too. Do tell. Sean Chan, take back the White Tower. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh, interesting. Honestly, it's it's becoming more supportive with how much engineering is going on with yes. their tools and stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I, see, mm-hmm. uh, I think I see some of that on the horizon. Although, after this intro, I don't know. The, yeah. the, the taking of the White Tower seems further and further from, from what I think yeah. is going to happen now, especially with the new one popping up and shit. But well, uh, My question for Ali and Eric, do you think we've met, like, who do you think is going to be the Saladar Almerlin seat? Because that's been the one thing Oh, I already oh, know. Sure. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm she just thinks she knows. I, I am so confident. I'm so confident. And she has been for several. I'm so confident books. that I, I'm like, no, I, I know. know. Come on, guys. Like, cause, uh, whoever was okay. the first time reader was this, this probably doesn't work super well for an audio medium, but do you want to say our, 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 our confident guesses at the same time? Oh yeah. Okay, ready. One. Right. Okay, one. Two. Three. Okay. That way, okay. Fascinating. I'm so confident it's a great. And you're so confident it's 90? Interesting. Okay. Because well my my feelings are I was an improviser in Chicago for a hot sec. And my thing is like be very confident and be wrong, right? So I'm always 100% confident on my theories until I'm wrong, right? <laughs> um, tell me why you so, think it's 90. Uh, 
granted, I'm only in the prologue of this book, so you might have some more context and some more supporting evidence. But okay. I think there's something really interesting that she's not giving up on this aspect of healing, that these women who are still, she is like going mm-hmm. after this puzzle. And it's something that she kind of talks about the yellow Aja not, not being proficient in, like her yeah. being a wisdom and, and coming from her background of healing. I think she's got something that nobody else has. Furthermore, she's political af in yeah. this prologue. Uh, moves with mm-hmm. uh, Elaine, and like she's she's making these moves like an opera. Yeah. See. I and, just see it mirrored in, in Swan. And I think with Nynaeve is she's been kind of searching for a purpose for herself now that she doesn't have the Emmons Field to look after anymore. Yeah. I think if anyone could really kind of see through the Aes Sedai bullshit and kind of go, no, here's what we need to do, it's Nynaeve. Now, arguably, I I think your guess, your choice would be my second, because I totally admit that I think Egwene is the more powerful and, and has the most potential out of everyone we've seen. So why, why do you think it's Egwene? I have a couple thoughts. So just thinking about it from a, like, okay, you're a Saladar Aes Sedai, you want to get in good with Rand, probably, right? Because he's going to be the one who's going to be the big mover and shaker. So you're going to look at the women that he's closest to that's going to be Elaine, who's going to be busy with Andor, Nynaeve and Egwene. Now, if I had to deal with on a daily basis one of the two of those women in the hopes of like maybe, because they're young, in the hopes of probably wanting to control them to a certain extent, mm. I wouldn't go naive because she's stubborn as hell. I'd go with the more plot and in their heads, but probably not uh, not actual in actuality. But I go with the more pliant Egwene. Um, but who better to go with than I see that, hun? I'll bring that up in a second. We wanted to double check that oh, you had known about cool, something. Cool. So <laughs> before we did this, I was like, do they know about this? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, double check. So we double checked. Um, but I would probably, in my mind, go with the more, um, what I would perceive to be the more pliant choice um, and uh, the more malleable choice. Uh, do I think that they're going to fuck around and find out potentially when it comes to Gwen? <laughs> yes, because I think uh, all of her shenanigans in the dream world indicate that she might not be the pliant, uh, malleable girl that everyone seems to perceive her as. I also think it's helpful that she has these connections mm-hmm. with the IEL, um, and they might want to, um, you know, there's all these untapped magic women in this other culture that they may want access to. Um, so those are my thoughts. They also had in the dream world at one point that I latched onto really hard, a vision of all of these women, Elaine and Nynaeve included, bowing down to the woman they thought was maybe Egwene. This is, this is it said, Egwene stood among a crowd of women, fear in her eyes. Slowly the women knelt around her. Nynaeve was one of them, and he believed he saw Egwene, Elaine's golden, uh-huh. red gold hair. So in my mind... That's that's a foretelling of of Egwene being raised to Amarlin. Um Could be anything, right? She could like could be a wise one or well, something like that. Who like, knows? But my question for that's my. Is, do you think they're holding off on maybe the war with Elida? Do you think that's picking up steam a little bit more? Do you think um, kind of getting 
finally into the prologue a little bit, I kind of wanted to divvy it up faction by faction, and I thought maybe it's best to start with the Forsaken because that's who we... So, um, we meet... We finally meet Damodred. Yeah. My man. Here he is. He's been vibing... Like, he escaped the Red Sisters and then has just been somewhere in the Westlands, and we get... Two terrifying concepts. Shadar Haran, who is a fully, almost cognizant Murdral, which is not exactly... Yes. Because, like, I believe maybe there's been some fades who have talked in the past, but not one who's fully, like, yeah. who is the Dark One's sugar baby, kind of being like... Dark one sugar baby. I like that. We've been calling him um because I can never remember anyone's name. We've been calling him Shidar Hardon. Because he's a big fleshy thing. Because we think of him as like a big sentient penis. Who (laughs) who does the dark one's bidding? Daddy Dark One, as we call him. I'd like to jump on that. We are introduced to so many fucking new people. (laughs) Yes. So many. Yeah, I come up with nicknames for everyone because I can't remember a single this goddamn person. Floor, like, um, Gus, I, Gus and I were talking to take and we're it. like, oh, gone are the days of you being able to remember all of the women's names. Now you're introduced to, like, there's a running joke, the S Aes Sedai. Robert Jordan introduces maybe, like, six Aes Sedai who start with the letter S, and they all... Yes, yeah. I've heard about this. Who, who all share yeah. the same plot line. Yeah. What? No. Yes, sir. Um, Jim, but we're please. Also, we're, oh, I mean, even, I sorry, saying, go ahead. We're introduced to Nadeliss, which is essentially yes. you are the Dark One's right-hand man. Mm-hmm. And so kind of taking into account, you know, kind of not stopping the uh, Forsaken section, but the Forsaken that we have alive at the end of this prologue, Demandred, Samael, Masana, Semarag, um, Demandred. Did I ever say Demandred? Grendel, Osengar, Arangar, and Mogedian. So we have eight Forsaken. My question, kind of for the first time readers, who do you think will be Nabliss? Do you think, like, it's of the Forsaken we've already met? I... I think none. it's none of them. I think it's none of them. I think he's promised mm. that to everyone. First of all, I've al- I've always thought I thought that from the minute they introduced this concept, I was like, oh, this is the carrot. Like they they have the stick and they have the carrot, right? This is the carrot. They're like, um, all of you are competing to be nameless, to be my like daddy's favorite, daddy dark one's favorite, and um. And that's what's going to keep you all doing exactly what I want is this Daddy, like, little promise. Please. I just. Daddy, it's my turn. Daddy. Um, this is a huge spoiler. <laughs> Gus, don't be mad at me. So during the last battle, um, the Dark One has a folder and he says, in this, in only one of you. <laughs> no, of you. if Rape Judkins cared about his audience, folder. he would have. Um, the Forsaken lip sync for their life to become. <laughs> oh, two Forsaken stand before you. me. <laughs> Landfear, in the Forsaken challenge, you 
Oh, oh no, wait. Um... Grendel, oh, it's all Streif. All you're doing, it's all, it's, what yeah. is it? It's a rap. <laughs> and then I feel, I feel like at the end, at the end he just goes, Lanfare. Shantae, you stay. Hey, where were y'all when we did our season five of RuPaul's Drag No, for Pride Month, we're going to watch Drag Race UK season two. Please come on and join us as guests. Can I please? I love RuPaul's Drag Race so much. I'm actually writing a pilot about drag queens right now. I showed him season five of RuPaul's Drag Race. He didn't get all the way, but we're obsessed with Pokemon Trees plays the ventriloquist dummy. Yes, correct. Our podcast is just every now and then we pause and we just go, tiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. One of my my best friends since I was five is a drag queen in Arizona, and so he got me super hooked on it. Um, and now I'm writing a pilot of, about drag queens, and I'm like, so I've just been like inundated in drag culture for it. a hot minute for research. But it's really just an excuse for me to watch RuPaul's Are you Drag Race. That's true. Willow oh yeah, absolutely. Willow Pale, I love her. I mean, I forgave her for wearing basically flats on the first day. I forgave her. Okay. My top three, Angeria, Bosco, and Willow Pill. Yes, Lady Camden's in there for me too. Yes, but those are the correct takes. Okay, well, we needed to have that quick sidebar, um, and I absolutely will come on and do a RuPaul's Eric, episode with you. you. Have, so of the remaining Forsaken, do you think we've? Oh, Gus. Can I can I offer a, a, a before we talk about who might be nameless because I feel like we need to we need to address yes. who's on the field as a potential nameless. So of the folks you listed, you included Osangar, yes. and Erangar, right? And I I'm, I think the, the 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 chunk with them in it describes them as chosen, right? So we we get that. So. I know who Allie thinks these mm. folks are, because presumably, if if we have chosen, presumably these aren't additional forsaken pulled out of the dark one's ass, as it were. Hey, presumably, hey, I mean, maybe they. You are. don't know that. <laughs> do you have any? Th- That's canon. <laughs> do you have any thoughts on on Eric on who who oh, these folks geez, might be? Yeah, like so much happened in this prologue that as I read them, I was like, oh, cool, all right. Chessboard has gotten bigger. So yeah. literally, uh, there are a few instances where I don't have any predictions. I have nothing except for like I'm here for the ride, and and those getting pulled in okay. was kind of a oh this doesn't happen before. I didn't know you yeah. could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think I don't think it's either of them because I think there is something interesting about like what is it them being like a metaphor for like the dueling daggers or whatever. Yeah, a set. So yeah. yeah, left so and right handed daggers. Yeah. Like, real strong individual threats like they're gonna they're gonna be an, an obstacle a complication yeah. but I, I don't see them as like like getting introduced to uh uh uh, uh who's who's the sexy forsaken Grendel. just in that like little Grendel. bit that we got introduced to i was like oh shit this is this is bad well, we also have um Semarog, who all in books um yeah. like oh you're making me act like Semarog. All we are told of Semrog is she loves to torture, and then the second we're introduced to her, she's doing knitting, while Masana is building a tower made of light dominoes. 
I said this, I said this. Um, I was like, it's interesting that she's doing something that requires stabbing something over and over and over again. And it's interesting that Vasana is very carefully constructing a, a white tower. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> I wonder if those, if, well, if Masana's might yeah, be a clue, um, was you, my thought. Did you get anything? Like, do you think Masana is maybe setting the scene for her doing something within the White Tower? Because where we kind of left off with the White Tower, Elida has essentially whittled her party down to six women. And we get the sense of, like, she doesn't hold any real power. It's Alviar's power. No. Oh yeah, she's a she's a puppet do you for Alviar. Masana's building sure. of the White Tower. Do you think that's just throwaway, or do you think Mas- we're getting ready to see something? I think it's been happening. Okay. Uh, well, Gus makes fun of my cracked theory about who Masana is. <laughs> Everyone makes fun of my cracked theory. I just I really hate Danelle. <laughs> There. And so I've decided because she smiled at Swan when she nope. was being deposed. Honest question. Please answer this honestly. Do you know who the fuck she's talking about when she you says Danelle? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Nice right? right? Danelle yeah. is she's yeah. a brown sister who was part of Elida's party. And yeah, she, she contributed to the coup. She brought in men for the coup, and the thing that drives she Allie up smiled. Her she smiled at Swan. When, when Swan, when Elida Swan slaps Swan, and, and Danelle smirks, and I Allie went, that's a forsaken. Who the fuck does that? Who the fuck does that? Even if you're like, I'm in the right here, I like, this is the right thing to do. Even if that is, like, your mindset, this is a very horrible thing that is happening to this woman. Only the most twisted motherfucker would smile at that, and that... Yeah set me off and i'm like i've been suspicious of her ever since i know this is cracked but i want it to be true so bad (laughs) because wouldn't that be iconic i'm just like i i need this for my own but i think something i did piece wait i want to hear what yeah you you can't say that and then just run away this is a fresh time error uh dalen hasn't heard this one yet because i came in prepped with this one i think the black Fucking yeah, Clinkos, get that ASMR in there. Clink that, ooh. There it is. Um, <laughs> I think the Black Aja are very much who, who, who they are, who they represent or something, but I think it goes a level deeper. I think the Brown Aja are actually a secretive, yes please, uh, a secretive Black Aja, because there have been hints to not trust uh, Viren, right? and that that whole like, Baron, yeah 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 don't don't just give me the tonic water give me some of the gin uh, and i think it's very interesting <laughs> that the that that shawl that color represents like knowledge and i think whether it's unbeknownst to them i think you know it doesn't have any boundaries they just want to know everything so i think the brown ajah are a little sus at this point that's mm. that's like um, well, yeah, yes. sidebar sidebar sidebar, sidebar. sidebar. Do you remember? Did you watch the show? That's a really interesting theory because in the show they specifically go out of their way to mention that the Black Aja destroyed a bunch of records, and so I'm kind of like, I mean, the Brown Aja—that's kind of their place, right? That's kind of where they hang out. They have TV sidebar. Did y'all notice the two novices 
in the Aes Sedai Returning Parade later appear in the background during Moraine and Leandrin's conversation, and they share a look with Leandrin. And I'm like, are we setting up? Are we setting up? Are we setting up? Is season two going to be... Are we setting up? Are we setting up the proposals once on Shay in season two? Oh, we're definitely setting oh, up yeah. the depo- Oh, I, I think so. I think that. Do you think the yes. deposing is going to happen in season two? Did we decide that that was when it was going to happen? We determined it could be. And it could be a two? midpoint. I think yeah. it's season three midpoint. I think, think season, I think three, season three is going to end with uh, Moraine's death. Yeah, the tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think I think they're going to switch it so that the reason that she goes to the docks is because she heard Swan got uh, deposed, and she's like trying to get back to Swan. Because Min's viewing in the show. Because Min's viewing was that the Amarlin Sea will be your downfall. Be downfall. Because again, like we've talked about it on on ours, that that show does such a brilliant job of kind of collapsing some stuff and making it so much more immediate. It, it works for a television medium because yeah. you don't have the leisure uh, to spend yeah. all this time with the books. And I'm sorry, the show yeah. is a 9 out of 10. It is so fucking It's so good. I can't I, stand it. It's we, so good. We did a 7 hour episode about episode 8 <laughs> because, because We're we that it's a masterpiece of adaptation of a very difficult end. Ooh, this is my uh, roommate's dog. Ruby. Her name is Raincoat. Oh. Rainco, no dogs with thing <laughs> names. Um, Kills okay, me. Back to the conversation. Oh, your your other your other theories oh, yeah, that you so want to be true so bad. Relates to the question you had of uh, yeah. who uh, who uh, who lives in uh, who who Nablis Nablis. Who do you think Nablis is? Nablis, right? Be, I think the intention and possibly even the outcome is it's going to be Rand. Yes, that's definitely it. And I think, of course, that can't happen, right? Um, so that's why I think they're all going to like basically bring about each other's demise, like kill each other for it. And it's not going to happen. Like, so then well, none of them I are. find it funny that like they introduce this concept and then 20 pages later, Demandra, it's like, so no one tells Samael that we were here and no one told him we saw. I'm like, they're the, <laughs> the Forsaken as... I feel like we've been slow. I'm going to try to bring the camera so I can bring the camera so you can see me. Uh, we've been kind of as. Wait, has David been out of frame this whole time? I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we've been slowly whittling away the mm, less for- useful Forsaken. The I mean, chaff. I mean, Agnor Balthamel. Baylaw, the goat. Excuse me, Baylaw was incredibly violent. Baylaw, the god. The top clown of the week. It's, uh, yeah, Gus gave him the Zap Brannigan voice on uh, from Futurama on our podcast. Wait, who's, <laughs> it killed me every time. Really short skirt. Kind of oh, like the blonde guy? Captain okay. Yes. Personally, I've always found the most erotic part of the woman to be <laughs> the boobies. Once we hit that bullseye, Bilal and Leandrin are king and queen clown. Because Leandrin went, mm. "Oh, I can stop a Forsaken. That's easy," and then got her ass handed to her. And like, well, it's not even That's like very the true. one time she tried it. I think in the course of Fires of Heaven, she tries it like four times to beat up Mogetti to Mogetti's like what the fuck 
What the fuck? Chill. Fucking chill. Yeah. Stop. Stop. It was so satisfying Stop. watching her get beat down. It was so, I was, I was just like, ah, oh, do it again. It's going to be so funny because, um, yeah, she is, I cannot wait to see where they go with Leandrin in the show. They're going to, I feel like they've been making all of the baddies way more competent in the show than they are like, in the books. The <laughs> they have to be more competent. Yeah. There's only eight of them now. Plus, they have to pay for all those actors. Yeah. They have to be more competent. Um, the idea of Nablus. So you think it is going to be Rand? Yeah, I think. And then unknowingly, unwittingly, but yeah. Ali, you said. I think he wants it to. I think Daddy Dark One okay. wants it to be Rand, but I think that. Um, that it's going to end up being no one because there's no, I mean, maybe Rand will flirt with being Nablus at one point yeah. if it gets real dark. We get some kind um, of like but we're not gonna storyline. Robert Jordan's not going to be like, okay, and Rand becomes yeah. Nablus. End of 15 books. Yeah. Like, that's just um, not going to happen. <laughs> you know, because Rand's pinch point is definitely his friends, the people he loves, and I think it's going to be a, a hard choice to either yeah. save them, and in doing that, he unwittingly becomes Nablus. Yeah, I could see him flirting with becoming Nablus for a little bit in a particularly dark time um, where, you know, all is lost and we're feeling all this doubt about whether or not, you know, we're going to be able to pull this off. But, you know, by the end, I think it's no one. The thought I had about this part of the prologue actually was in other prologues past, we kind of get some stuff about dark friends, meetings and stuff, but it's a lot of hidden identities it's a lot of dark rooms yeah. it's a lot of we don't know what's going on this one kind of pulls the curtain back a lot and we learn a lot about like Khal Ghul, even like in yeah. his prime and like the the forge that happens and stuff and i think that was a very interesting like we learned that like Shao ghoul was like a resort essentially mm-hmm. in the age of legends and i think one of my favorite things is when mm-hmm. uh demandred grendel semarog and masana are all meeting we learned Masana wanted to be a teacher at the Kolandam, which is where uh, Lanfear ended up working at. And Grendel kind of goes, hmm, maybe you'll be a teacher. You would have been a great teacher. That kind of shades her a little Oh, wait, you were. This is what happens when you deny people tenure. This is what happens when they you deny Satan. people. You know what? As a former teacher, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get why she became evil. I really do. It's not the kids. It's, it's the administration. <laughs> it's always the administration. But, um, oh, may I share? May I share who I think yeah. Aaron Garnos and Garnos? Is that out loud? Yeah. Um, so I think they're mm. Agonor and Balthamel. Maybe that's ridiculous. It's also potentially a cracked theory, but I think I've been wrong touting the idea because I'm like, they're running out of Forsaken. What are they going to do? Um, we've got we've got so many more books left. I'm pointing to our shelf with all the books left. We've got so many more books left. Yeah, we've got so many more books left. We're not even halfway. We're not even halfway done, and we've lost like a, at least yeah. one Forsaken book. Right, last time I think we, we lost, lost two. Lands uh, well, Landfair. Yeah, yeah. We lost three. We lost, three. We lost Robin. We lost Landfair. We lost Asmo. And don't even get me started on who I think killed Asmo. But um, I, I, I feel like the dark. I'm Daddy Dark One, okay. And I need um, to 
fix this problem, I've been touting the idea of what I called like a hard reset where we brought where the daddy dark one was like, fuck this, we're bringing everyone back from the dead. I think I'm wrong about that. But I think I'm right that he is bringing select people back from the dead. And so like, we're going to start with our first two baddies to die. I think Eric said too, that he thinks Agonor and Balthamel are coming back. Like, please go. Yeah, I think it's them because the like the the lady, what's her name, Erengar or Erengar? Erengar was clearly yeah. pissed to be a lady. So I was like, "You were a dude once." Also, yeah. I feel Erengar like yes, is, uh, <laughs> was once the Wheel of Time fandom's uh, ideal trans representation. There's a lot to unpack here. We're both grimacing. We'll unpack. Eric, that I think it's fine. It's not a big, huge spoiler. Erengar and Osengar are, in fact, Aganor and Balthamel reborn. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) All right. Good night, guys. I'm going to go. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. I didn't didn't confirm that for her, but like. (laughs) It's fantastic. It doesn't matter. It, that oh, is no! Oh, no! He doesn't tell me anything. Don't he doesn't tell me anything. I knew it. Yes, I'm so, so Eric, go. I'm going to be so annoying. Okay, I'm going to be so... Every time it's I'm right, I'm deal. so annoying. I'm going to be it's so annoying. It's oh, okay. my God. I, I love it's that he so okay. Yeah, it's fine for Eric. Anyways, and, like, forgot that we have another first-time reader. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, I, whatever. She can, she can crow at me all she wants. I'm very happy for her. I am never gonna let this. You, you tell me your thoughts because I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hear her thoughts about how right she is. I will say that there are probably many more surprises, and this was probably not like an S tier reveal by any means. Oh no. I'm happy because yeah, yeah. I was reading into like them being like a set, and there was something reminiscent of like. Those two died as, like, a duo, and yeah, how they were... sad would it be if, like, that was their whole legacy in the whole series. Like, that's all they get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you wake up. In the, uh, in the fandom is, you could have done it, but you had a monologue. You yeah. chose to monologue. <laughs> his his plan wasn't too bad. Like the if 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 Fayil had Fayil picked up that up. damn that damn hedgehog, Fayil fucked it all up. If Moraine had picked it up instead, it would have all been screwed. Take it, take Kelendo. That is the gayest line in this whole series. Like we were saying, like Galal, uh, had to have been like chilling in the stone tier, going, "Okay, you see Luz Theron again? What do you say? Take the sword? No, 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 no." Take it, Luke, Take it. <laughs> Take it. Take it. <laughs> I love it so, so much. So, Eric, we, we get, uh, we get a, a, a hint. Oh, wait, really quickly. If you want to tell Eric anything else while we're here. I'll just take the headphones no, off, Allie's little I've head here. from my mistake. <laughs> you want to tell him who killed Asmodian? <laughs> Oh my god, please! <laughs> oh, fuck off. No, really? Wait, oh. what? 
Are you telling him? Who killed his buddy? Wait, okay, Eric, look in my eyes. I'll believe it when I see Look it. in my eyes, Eric. I think it's Grendel. <laughs> and he's petting the dog. Oh my god, it's totally He's Grendel. hiding behind right. the dog. He's hide. Don't hide behind raincoat. Look me I, in I, the I, eye. I think you're going to be uh, very shocked when you find out that piece of information when you do. I'm uh, sorry, Gus. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so we move on from... I think this, um, I think the episode title is I'm So Sorry. <laughs> I'm not. No, this is good. I'm fucking right. This is great. I'm having a great time here. We move on yeah. to another faction. It, I, I really did yes. the cave bit and the idea of like you walk in and like mm. it looks like it's actually gonna swallow you and like for this for this merc for uh, hard on as as, as I, I love, oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank I you. Love that specific, it's like a bubble of evil kind of specific series specific. That like I've never seen that before. I've never seen that in any fantasy book. I've never you know that's such an original idea. And like a little slash, yeah, perfect. Uh, I love that. There's like a bit of a huh. What's what's hard on deal? What's what's all yeah. cool going on? Like, yeah, how that's does a good question. Um, to due to the tune of Alexander Hamilton, how does a merge roll? <laughs> what should name man? Shade our whole run. No, but it, I think... we're all snapping on different beats right now. This is the widest chat of all time. About the fact that there is a Mergerall who like the others. Right, and has some sort of connection to the Dark One. That's not because really this is the first glimpse we've had to the other side mm-hmm. of the Forsaken. Because we've only had a couple of POVs from the Forsaken before, but never something as personal and as close like specific. to yeah this is yeah. in shadar uh in uh Sheol ghoul where the dark one exists in an alternate sort of reality yeah. so this is something and so kind of getting into sort of uh, an idea i had of the lord of chaos we've heard this the this the line let the lord of chaos rule for me, it's always felt we never really explore the religion of the Wheel of Time, of Moraine Terrain. And we never, we know of the light. And that's really the most of a religion that we get. I always saw the Lord of Chaos as the sort of chaos deity of this. Like, it's sort of our Lady Luck, our local. I also think of him as maybe yeah, like a Loki-esque. A uh, like the Lord of Chaos. That doesn't sound like someone you want to have a... Um, yeah. It's a trickster god. So... <laughs> or me. Or me revealing <laughs> shit before you guys got to that point. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Anything else you want to Wait, sidetrack. <laughs> um, there was a girl, my freshman year of college. I didn't like her. But she was reading the Harry. 
She was reading the Harry Potter books. She comes in with or you guys oh. have read Harry Potter, right? Oh um, yes, many Rowling, times. But, um, yeah. Trans lives oh, matter. Tra- yes. Hashtag trans yes. lives matter. Yeah. Fuck J.K. Um, Rowling. Anyway, so on. this girl came in with Order of the Phoenix, <laughs> and I go serious black dots. <laughs> she was a first time reader. <laughs> she didn't know it. <laughs> so, so you have a history of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's. So this is something you just do. <laughs> this I think is our become part of Allie. your identity now. My face is. You're like, <laughs> I love it. No, um, I, 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 I one time like turned to Gus, but I think I, I think I accidentally got him to tell me a spoiler and I won't say what it is because he claims that it's not true, but I turned yes, to him and yeah. I just looked at him and went, uh, I, I'm a very, I'm a very bad wife. So I turned to him and I was like, it's going to be a real shame when Elaine dies. And he just turned to me and goes, yeah. And I just went. And he goes, I'm kidding. But I was like, I think in that like one second, he, there was like a one second pause before he said, I'm kidding, where I was like, I think, I think I, I might have gotten something. Because I'll do that. I'll just go, I'll just go, it's going to be a real shame when 90 dies. I just like to see um, what he'll like say. If I'll Eric, catch him at a bad time. He and I will <laughs> talk and he'll casually just go, so yeah, I think like Rand turns into a dragon at the end of the series. And I just, we're like, I told Eric, he's guessed things right, but he'll never know because I've perfected a poker face. So he claims he has well, to, but I think I think I might have gotten him, but I might be wrong. A good poker face. I think at the beginning when we started this, uh, there was some talk about, I know I'm in the ballpark, I know I'm not quite right, and I can tell you want to tell me because you want to share, you want to share your love of this story with me, but like, the dynamic has to remain intact. So you've developed a really good poker yeah. face. You, you've developed the perfect uh, mm-hmm. in-universe response of read and find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if I get told Rafa one more time by somebody, I'm going to freaking tell him. That's how Ali gets turned to the dark <laughs> one. That's how Ali's forsaken. I, I, uh, that is my forsaken <laughs> origin story. Yeah. I got well, told Rafa um, one too many times. We have this idea of Demandra telling everyone except for uh, Samael, let the Lord of Chaos rule. Mm. So let's hop over to um, bitch boy of the day, Gowan Tracand. Ew! I mean, do we have to? I kind of like him now. No! What? I'm, I'm, I'm Terrible take! I, I am. <laughs> this, this prologue did a lot of things for me, because, uh, like, d- discussing about the books up until this point, we skipped the first three, right? We got into uh, the pro- uh, podcast, mi- like, three quarters of the way through book three. Yeah, so we, we jumped ahead of time a little bit, and my main problem about, like, talking about those and why I was happy to skip them was... There's so much that you can just collapse, boil down, and get the story to where it needs to go. But this bit right here, this part of the prologue, was the first time I went, oh, no, you need all the context. You need to have followed him all the way to this point to understand this perspective. So I don't mm-hmm. support him. Maybe like was too strong of a thing, but there is just such a like complex dynamic, I guess. Like There's so much more of a, a describing of like even the young lean 
like group. Like we never had that before. Or like them having to depose mm-hmm. and like fight their teachers and stuff. And like there's not like a ton of emotion or remorse or anything. Yeah. But there is so much more maturity, I guess. Like we, we don't get Gowan the caricature. We get Gowan the character here. No, we get Gowan the clown. We get Gowan the clown. I like it. Here's the thing. He, he, a couple iconic things that happen. One iconic thing that happens this chapter. Wait. Just double checking so that I don't spoil it. Much like I did? (laughs) Oh, unlike, you know, someone I should talk about. Oh, I just just love that he gets this guy called Old Mill, who just goes, your mom and sister are dead, Rand killed them. And Gawain goes, gotta take that at face value. (laughs) His name's literally Old Mill, like Rumor Mill. Like, what, sir? (laughs) You're gonna believe Peddler? Yeah, rumors have a way to spread, but sometimes rumors are true. I'm like, you dumb. You beautiful, dumb redhead. You beautiful idiot. Well, he's, well, everyone, you know what? His villain, villain origin story is he's that. He's not as hot as his older yeah, brother. That's his villain origin story. <laughs> if, if people said that shit about me, I'd be a villain, no problem. Show. But uh, yeah, it's, so that's an iconic moment from this chapter. <laughs> I just, I just, here's, here's my thing about Gawain, if I may. Uh, I understand where he's coming from. He was brought up to, to, uh, to believe that he, he was a major player in geopolitics, in, in the, in the history of Andor. He's the first prince of the sword. And instead he does Star Wars cosplay. And instead he's, he's sort of like appended himself to this weird, unfortunate, rebellion thing and like he thinks he's the main character and if he were the main character this is a really exciting trajectory for him and i would be totally on board but he's not gowan that's my issue like the deconstruction of the prince charming like i've always said eric and i have talked about this wheel of time is a deconstruction of traditional fables. Yeah, of like of Gleeman's tales of oh, everything is so black and white and everything is so Yeah. Yeah, you know, and how no, things aren't that easy. Things aren't that nice. People have outside um, um, motivations, you know? And I think it's not so easy to boil down Rand as he is the savior. No. He's a 20-year-old boy who's never experienced war, who's never experienced violence it's beyond discovery. It. Yeah. War and love. And, yeah. and how do you deal with that as a 20-something? And Heck, he has sex for the first time yeah. and proposes. I mean, <laughs> why are we trusting him to yeah. run anything? I mean, it's, I, 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 I think we, we like... Wheel Time is a sort of coming-of-age story, but I think in the most difficult place to come of age in a time not to be worldly at this moment when you feel that everything is coming to an end. Yeah. I don't know why that would yeah. be worldly. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were moments reading because we kind of started this podcast right before the pandemic and then podcasted through the pandemic. 
And there were moments where we would read the series and I go, this is very real for us right now. Like our, our, our tower like coup, time capsule. Our of- tower coup episode came out on January 8th, 2021. We actually had a similar experience because we had guests on for that chapter block of the deposing and the political upheaval. Mm. And this was maybe in February after, after January. Yeah. And, uh, we like it didn't hit me until we were actually discussing it in episode like <laughs> oh shit the amount of the <laughs> amount of times robert Jordan goes yeah there is an interesting because i don't know if it's like you know i think that's more happenstance than anything and like you know i think robert jordan has a lot of life and world experience and that just kind of translates i do think it's interesting in this prologue there's a fair bit about the weather <laughs> yeah Um, it's autumn i'm like no girl it's global warming damn it's hot oh it's hotter than it should be there's weird weather it's kind of hot guys this is my question for the first time readers ali eric you two do you think we're ever going to get a resolution to the hot weather or do you think because there is so as of prologue of lord of chaos there's three seals of the dark ones prison left well, uh, my thought around this time and my thoughts evolved a little bit are that we have a whole group of people that specialize in weather yes. magic. Mm-hmm. The sea folk. And so I was like, it feels like there'll be something to do with these people because they feel like a loose well, I'm end I'm also wondering, do you all think maybe Elaine will abandon Andor to work with the sea folk? Because she, in the prologue, is... She is having her little kiki with men, and she tries to conjure a cloud or whatever the <laughs> fuck she does with Sidar. Do you think maybe because we have seen Elaine with proficiency in air and really kind of um, not afraid to really tamper with things, do you think maybe Elaine and the sea folk are going to be more productive? more of a uh, integral part because no offense to the sea folk but when we got to them in the shadow rising Eric and I both went no we're good we felt a little bored but do you think maybe because Elaine has seen the outside world a little bit more and has seen because I think Elaine and Nynaeve share some common traits I think they were raised a certain way but as they've gotten out into the world, they have seen, oh, no, this is different. Do you think maybe Elaine is, maybe will team up with the sea folk and there's going to be some, uh, let me change the weather. Here's my thing. Um, I don't think that a, a, Elaine's going to go full topless McGee or anything like that. Like, that would be... A, quite the transition, and then they would owe Berylaine a huge apology. But <laughs> <laughs> just saying. But um, my yeah, I'm done with the slut shaming of Berylaine, and I have been from day fucking one. But um, my feelings about um, about Elaine is, I think uh, I think she's certainly open to a study abroad, like Egwene has had with the Aiel. Um, I think, you know, there there's definitely the potential for the weather to be a side quest, you know? Um, 
And I think that, you know, we do need to get more about the core more and all this stuff. I think we'll eventually have like a sea folk time. Um, we focus, we've been focusing a lot on Kara Karn, Dragon Reborn, but really we've only gotten the, um, not to bring back the phrase, but to flex my French 101, amuse bouche. Um, can I do one please? Can I do one? Please. The omelette du fromage. Oh, I watched Dexter's Laboratory too. <laughs> I think it is really interesting. So, so Elaine and I think because we have really not delved into the core more. I feel like this no. sea folk are such a underrepresented faction within the wheel of time so do you think we're going to be getting a little bit more of because robert jordan is a yeah. bitch when it comes to when it comes to development <laughs> <laughs> here's my other thing here's why i want the sea folk to come back because when we last saw the sea folk elaine went i totally won't tell your secret uh, your centuries long cultural secret about how y'all can channel and then, and she, then she immediately, immediately fucks that up. So I just really want, I want a, a continuation of that plot line. I would like an arc to that plot line of like, so you told literally everyone. I just, I want, uh, because Elaine is the worst secret keeper in the books. Just the worst. I don't mind Elaine. It's not a knock against Elaine. It's just don't tell her your deepest, darkest cultural secret. We think she's a little Alexis Rosie from Shit's Creek. Yes. Yeah, we actually wrote we wrote a little bit Alexis at one point to um, be a little bit Elaine, and <laughs> so we're at Saladar. Um, we've got the oh, salad bar. Yeah, the, we call it the salad uh, bar because that's how I remember it. Yeah, this is how I remember things. It's I. I Incidentally, have, I remembered characters I had no business remembering because I remembered how funny their nickname was. The, the, the Grinwell Cup has a category that is called what? Oh, toss, oh. toss my Saladar. You know what I love? My favorite part about the Saladar uh, chapter is, um, so Nynaeve is really investigating with Swan and Leanna about what it means to be stilled. Yeah. And Eric's had this prediction. Do you think we're going to see a Nynaeve healing that in this book? Yes. Yes, Eric. Agreed 100%. There's no way they're just going to go, and that's but, yes, the tea. You're <laughs> still forever. A really cool thing of like, so Nynaeve and Egwene, they're from the same village, you know, and Egwene is supposed to be a wisdom in training. Nynaeve kind of knows everything and like she kind of gets put in check when they leave the world. Egwene kind of like supersedes her, but now we're getting back to Nynaeve's like mm-hmm. roots. Like she's she's healing. And yeah. she, like the thing that she yeah. on is like the yellow Aja that her healers don't know anything that they're doing. Yeah. And even Mogedian, like all the information because we yeah. found out they've been talking to Mogedian. Even Mogedian's just kind of like, yes. I don't know. I worry about this Megadian hanging around. I know I don't want them to like kill her or anything or turn her in because I think that would go poorly at this point. But I'm I am 
I am, as an adult in, a, in the world, I'm a concerned that they're in too deep and over their heads. I'm just, I'm concerned. Well, my favorite moment of this whole prologue with Nine Ape is, so um, we, we find out that there is an emissary of Saladar I said going to Camelin, a Gwen, mm-hmm. uh, not a Gwen, Elaine is not invited. Min is. But Min is. But I also have a moment where Nynaeve is testing the Adam bracelet that Elaine created mm-hmm. on Swan and Leanna, and Swan refuses to take it, and Nynaeve goes, she can be so stubborn. I'm like, honey. Um, yeah. I Poor Elaine is going to be the last one to get screwed by Rand. <laughs> Oh my god. That's yeah. what you think? Um, Min's on her way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a joint prediction I'm gonna hop on. Yeah, poor yeah. Elaine is just is la is is third helping. I'm glad you two are hopping on that prediction because Elaine is not hopping on anything. <laughs> Elaine's not hopping on anything. Elaine is hopping on she's very Again, it's a really interesting take for Elaine to be making these Terangriel. And here's the thing. First time reading through the series, Elaine was, okay. But she's so snarky and she's so fun, I think, this time around. And I think I'm curious to know if you guys think what her Terangriel building is leading to. Well, I think she's hilarious. Um, because the fact that she had in Tanchico, she had that little um, that little veil over her face, and it kept getting in her mouth, and everyone was like, "I'm not having that problem." It's because she had her chin up so high that it was going in her mouth. I mean, she's just the one percent, but in a delightful way. Um, so I like her in that way, but I like that she's also the one percent, like. She could easily become a, almost a bimbo. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but no. um, that she could become very tropey in that way, but instead she's going to be an engineer on top of that. I go, okay, you go off, girl. You go off. Be in STEM. Um, are y'all on TikTok? <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Do you know uh, uh, Chrissy Chalpeca? Say that she- name one more time. Chrissy Chalpeca. Um, she is known as the Gen Z bimbo, um, as a queer woman who embraces her sexuality in her body, but also embraces like just everything. Hold on, and she's who I um, uh, um, who I view as late. Can we just just because I want to keep this episode on somewhat of a semblance of relevance? Yes. Can we talk about Fayol Perrin because they yes. were not in the last book? They were, oh yeah, they were. They disappeared. They were busy fucking. On they their were honeymoon. busy fucking on their honeymoon. We get it. <laughs> Eric has Eric just up. died. Eric, that's our theory. That's why like, Eric lost his fucking mind. I waited until like the second to last episode of the Fires of Heaven to go. Hey Eric, have you noticed that parents not here? And he's like, "Oh yeah." I'm like, "Yeah." Well, it was like the biggest epiphany of just like, there's so much shit going on. I was just like, "You're right, they're not there." And I love the idea of like Robert Jordan just like riding fires of heaven, like some of like the the biggest shit happening up to this point. 
and like handing it off and being like, well, where's, where's Perrin and Phelan? And just being like, oh, they've been, they've been boning. They've been, they've been boning. They faded to black for a whole book. They're very busy. For a whole book. Good for them. Good for them. Um, here's the thing. Fael, I, I'm so, Perrin did a huge backslide in terms of his character development in this chapter. Like, and I'm, I'm okay with, with some backsliding because that's natural in people, but I'm very over his, like, need to protect this warrior woman. Yeah. Where I'm like, she throws knives. She saved your whole ass life. She saved your whole ass life. Hunter of the Horn. Yeah. Like, that was a very fascinating character yeah. for me because she's 16, um, right con to 18, but. Yeah. A, she's a baby. In general, a woman who. That yeah. That young? Yeah. That Makes sense now, doesn't it? Whoa. It makes sense now, doesn't it? Why she's the way she is. Man, but at the same time. Okay, yeah. I agreed with Fayil's actions in Fires of Heaven. Yeah. You know what? I was dating a guy and he refused. I think the issue is Perrin holding back information from Fayil and expecting the energy to continue as it is. There needs to come communication and i think that's what parent and fail is missing well and i'm wondering too if that's a development that's actually going to happen because okay. I, I don't know if this is because you know i've got some outside context of like you know robert jordan has his problems with female characters and i've seen some of that coming up to now and this does feel like a very real young relationship like aaron is doing the best he can it doesn't mean he's right but if they are exactly this young and they don't have any context, like we have context of like, yeah. oh, that's wrong, this is a little icky. It, it doesn't exist in this world. I, you know, it's, yeah. it's weird to separate that, but I'm wondering if that means there's room for evolution in the relationship. Yeah. And I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I'm very hopeful. I, I would love for them to go to a marriage counselor. I would love for that to right. happen. Like, I would love for them to like communicate yeah. at some point. Because but I, his, I, I have a... Oh, sorry. I don't think there's any... I, I'm so on the women's side. This is <laughs> a time. As you should. <laughs> and I'm, not, I mean, and I'm not saying the men have any... They have something to go off of. But I think as a woman... Okay. If you are experiencing the world for the first time... Because I don't think Fail knows the world. And again, I'm a cis man. So who am I to speak on the experience of women? You know what I mean? I can, if you would like. <laughs> okay, you know what? Let me stop talking. And let no, no, no. I wasn't being shady. I swear to God, I wasn't being shady. But I'm happy to be the like female representation. If you want. What do you think? I wasn't being shady. I swear to God. <laughs> Here's the thing. Fail is is toxic in a big way um but not in a way that i find unrealistic in a teenage girl um and that's what i'll say yeah did you say fail some of fails some of fails tendencies are very like cringily me in high school um and so sometimes well gus and i have had the blessing of being together for almost nine years and have thank you um and have um gone through as an 
as part of that, a lot of different facets of our maturity. We've grown up together in a big way. Um, and I would say us at 20 in terms of our ability to communicate and our understanding of one another and our understanding of ourselves is very different than us at 20. Uh, you're about to be 29. I am 29. Um, me at 15, 16, 17 was a very different person than me at 20. Um, yeah. And I think that a lot of the time, and I don't want to speak broadly, but a lot of the time when you are in your first relationship, you don't have the maturity and experience to have very good and open communication with one another. And I think Fayel very gravely misunderstood something that her mother told her about the world, which was like to make sure that your man expresses his emotions, which, oh, yes. Oh, God, that's shit. Yes. Yeah. But she took that to mean, like, yell at him until he yells back. <laughs> the thing is, it's about Saldane culture is, I don't know, because I've, here's the thing, I've always viewed Ayala as, she's not white. Ayala? Oh, no. I think it's, we're viewing a non-Western culture at, from the perspective of a Western culture person. Well, I, I, l l here, let me, I, I know what you're can I Can I try to elaborate on what you're saying? Yes. So the, the Two Rivers is, is basically where Robert Jordan grew up, right? The premise is that it's kind of like... The South. Virginia, the South, but also like kind of old style where it's like kind of prudish that doesn't necessarily the mean South, white, but medieval. But it means like medieval South, right? It's, it's kind of yeah. England and it's also kind of Southern good old boy values and also kind of distrust of authority. Yeah? Yeah. And then you have Fail, whose culture is kind of based on the Mongolians. Yeah. Right? It's like this step tribal horseman nomadic tribal fighting people all the time attitude. This sort of non-Western thing that I think the reason a lot of readers um, oppose Fayil is because we're seeing her through parents' perspective. And I think we don't understand that Fayil is a woman who has traversed the world on her own but it's like, if you were 16, 18, remember how you were at that age? Oh, a nightmare. A nightmare. Everyone at 16 to 18 was stupid. Thought Embarrassing. They, <laughs> they thought, they, I think Fayil is someone who thinks she knows the up, down, all around of the world. But I think she doesn't take into context who the two reverse people are. I mean, for context, when I was 16 and in my first relationship, I told this guy when we were breaking up, no one will ever love you like I did. And now I'm like, who the fuck were you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember his fucking name. But I remember how cringy that was. Right. So I'm like, that's the energy that this child is entering into this relationship with and it's not to say that like teenagers can't have deep lovely meaningful relationships and marriages that work and all that they all that hot nuance that we love but like it is harder and be, when you don't have a lot of life experience 